once said, Courage is the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. Welcome to Building Grit, one call at a time. Every human being will be faced with a massive challenge. How you deal with problems is based on grit, determination, perseverance, and will. On this show, we talk to people who face challenges and how they dealt with them. This is Building Grit, one call at a time. And this is your host, Nick Wingo. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Building Grit, One Call at a Time. This podcast, I try to find people to talk about their story, uh, to help people realize that they're not alone in the grind of that we call life. Because so often in my profession, what I've seen is that people get into these terrible positions where they feel like they're alone, they feel like they can't get through, they feel like they're just stuck in life. And so I always love to get perspectives from everywhere in life different perspectives, different people. And tonight I am super stoked to have a guest that is a veteran who has his own podcast, the Military Veteran Dad podcast, who is, you know, just working through life, who is coaching people, who is grinding through, who is really after and doing some great things. Uh, And so tonight I want to introduce you to Ben Cloyd. Ben, how are you doing tonight? Never been better. Life continues to, 2020 has been a hell of a year, but recently I had this cloism, as I call them, that I've never saw my life in more 2020 vision than I have in the year 2020. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. Like 2020, there's so much good stuff that's happened and there's so much bad shit that's happened. Uh, and it's been definitely a a year that we've had to maneuver through. This year, I started this podcast. I lost a shit ton of weight. Right now, I'm on leave from work that's been driven because of the whole COVID stuff. Uh, it's definitely been an interesting year. And there's so much, even before COVID hit, my life was changing because on January 27th, I went into work like a normal day. And by 9 a.m., I found out that the job I had called home for eight years was no longer there after a corporate reward. And my time was up. And I got thrust into unemployment before COVID. So I was on unemployment before it was cool. But I had to redefine. I had to go into my life that I was trying to build with my podcast for the year prior. But I had to figure out how to do it in a lot quicker way. And then I felt like I had a good plan. I wanted to be a professional speaker. I was like, this is it. This is where I want to be. If COVID hit and it just continued to test me and test me and test me. But losing my job was the best thing that happened because I can't imagine trying to support my wife as a kindergarten teacher support my three kids that are under eight and try to get through everything this year. Like as long as I don't die from COVID, this will be the best year of my life because I've been home with the kids all year, trying to figure things out, trying to hustle through the the process that it is going through being a podcaster, growing a business. It is online in 2020, being a dad with three kids and trying to be a stay-at-home dad. That was something I fell in love with last year. My wife went to China for 10 days. So I was a stay-at-home dad for 10 days. In the first five days were as hell as you would probably imagine because I'd never been alone for that long. But that 10 days planted the seed that I got to go water when I did lose my job because I stepped into this idea of being a stay-at-home dad. I never would have had that if I didn't have all those pieces leading up to that challenge. That's super awesome, man. I, I listened to that episode. Man, I really appreciate that because I am a dad. I have two kids, not three kids. So I can't imagine three. Like, good it's on like you, man. It's like living in Always under yeah. pressure. Like, good on you, man, because... For me, like the two, I, I just want to bang my head against the wall. There's some days where I'm just like, like, you know, and I, I there's days where I've come home from work after a 48 hour shift 
and my wife's gone at work and I'm just like fighting to stay awake to watch these kids. So I, man, like hats off to you. Cause there is days where I'm like, I just don't even want to be a dad. Like I'm out. Like <laughs> I have those days all the, all the, and the one gift that I've been getting this year. So the, uh, the two older kids are in in-person school and my youngest is just in preschool. So I've been getting the mornings with her and then I drive her and drop her off at preschool in the afternoon. Those mornings have been something that it's just been something magical. Like no matter what happens, whether I have to get a job or no matter what, like these moments and those mornings, like I'm positive when I'm 50, these last two years, those 10 days last year, and this the whole entire year will be like the first highlight reel of hopefully a mini highlight reels. But I know it's going to be something that I'm going to be so grateful for that I was present, that I wasn't over hustling. And anytime I'm in doubt or overstressed, I just err on dad mode. And I can't tell you how many times I would just like step up from the computer and go for a bike ride with the kids. And I'd actually have more ideas for the business when I was going with a bike ride for my kids. And then I would just feel more connected with myself as the dad too. I love that, man. You know, I love your motto that bring every dad home. I mean, that, that really resonates with me. I just love that, you know, being a firefighter, I want to come home from every shift. So I just love that motto you have. So just tell us a little bit about what's right now, what's going on with your life? What is it you're doing? What's the thing right now currently? Right now, that is a big, giant question because I learned something interesting about water and that water, as it changes its energy state, goes from boiling all the way down to freezing, that the amount of energy to go from like boiling to the right below freezing isn't that different. It takes about the same amount of energy to, to move it through that time. But to go from boiling and freezing, it takes like 10 times more energy to change that state. And I feel like that's exactly where I am right now. For the last like five years of growth, I've been moving my temperature slowly towards that energy state change. And so what I've got going on right now is trying to solidify my stay-at-home dad life. How do I keep this dream alive? Because when I did lose my job, the one thing that I really hit me square in the face was I am done trading time and money for memories of my kids. And I want to just be dead. Like that was fundamentally at the core of what I wanted to be. That was my being. And so I'm at the point where I have to either put up or shut up and decide how to make this happen. So I'm getting ready to take everything that I've learned from having the Military Dad podcast. We're just getting ready. This is the end of October. We're publishing episode 98 on Monday. And I'm taking everything that I've understood about what it is a military dad struggles with. But I'm going a little bit wider because what I've learned in the podcast is that many military dads they suffer from the same things that firefighters suffer from, that Wall Street bankers suffer from, professional sports suffer from. So I'm creating what I'm calling It's Time to Come Home Coaching Program. So I'm taking everything that I've essentially learned and realized that there are many dads that don't come home or they do come home physically, but they don't come home mentally. So I'm taking what I'm learned, launching an eight-week module coaching course, and I'm just getting ready to launch that. And hopefully this will be a big thing that sustains everything that I do in the future and the one thing that I'm super excited about kind of is like my long-term goal for next year is if everything works out and not if it's going to, but when it does, I want to go on a two-week, two-month vacation with my kids next summer because my wife's a teacher. So there's absolutely no reason why I couldn't create a life where, and I could do coaching on the road. So I want to have a two-month vacation where we just unplug and we check back into the house when it's time to come back home for school. Like that would just be I would be in heaven because I've been dreaming about that dream for like three to four years now. And if I was able to create that next year, everything that happened this year, as much shit has happened in this year, everything will be in purposeful and it would all been the exact way it was supposed to unfold. I love that, man. A lot of the people I listen to, it's that whole life is happening for us and not to us, right? Like it's transitioning out of, I had this thing happen. And so I, this is the way I am because of that. And it sounds like what you're doing is saying, 
you had this great opportunity that happened to you and you didn't look at it as a negative, right? So tell me a little bit about what were you doing prior to this? What was the thing that kind of led to this, right? So tell us a little bit about the job you had. So the job, we'll go a little bit back to my time in the Marine Corps. So the time in the Marine Corps, I was a generator mechanic. So I got out of the Marine Corps in 2007. I followed what I call the TAPS code, which is the information that government gives you to try to be a successful civilian. I ran on that code for like 10 years. I went to school. I dropped out of the College of Engineering. I had to refigure out my entire identity, what my passion was. And it started as just blogging and also loosely as coaching. Like, I like the idea of a life coach because I was kind of good at everything. And I was like, oh, well, life coaches be kind of good at everything. It kind of fit. And then I was reading a dumb Tom Clancy novel. I didn't even like it. didn't even finish it. But it gave me the billion-dollar idea that it gave me to where I am today, that there was a Marine at Arlington Cemetery leaning down at the gravesite. And it hit me right there. I remember sitting in bed reading this book. And it hit me. I'm like, I could help veterans. I'm a veteran. They trust me. I could help them go through the things that I've gone through. What a crazy idea. What a great idea. I could make millions off of that idea. And I can't make millions off of it, but that was like probably 2015. So I mean, light years has still had to transpire since then. And so I took that idea, started as a blog and just kind of went through the muscles because it still wasn't clear. I still honestly didn't, I had a lot of limiting beliefs of what I grew up on a farm. And when you grew up on a farm, you get a lot of worldviews cemented into you that like the amount of work you put in doesn't equate to the amount of money you make there's never enough money out there for you to survive that you're always worried about the next paycheck or the next weather or the next drought. And so there was just a lot of fear around that. So I had to work through a lot of that stuff. But while I was doing that, I kept working on these different things. I kept talking to people, going on people's podcasts, networking. And the conference that changed it all was I went to Military Amster Conference, which is just a conference for influencers. And I went in there with this half-baked idea for a veteran dad life coach and or a veteran dad podcast because like I've been talking about a podcast forever. I need to shut up or do this. And that was 2018, September. And I told my story to a military spouse and she started crying. And what happened was her husband came home from war physically, but didn't come home mentally. He's just an autopilot, doesn't engage with the kids, doesn't engage with the family. And that moment resonated so high with me that I knew in that moment, like, this is my mission. My voice did that. And I started running towards my podcast and launched January 1st of 2019. And I remember you talked about the mission statement to bring every dad home. I was doing a mind map of all the emotions on the plane ride home from Orlando. And the plane probably shook a little bit when I found that idea because it was a mind map. And all of a sudden I started connecting like bring every dad home was the idea that all we're trying to do is get home. And it just flowed right out of the page. I still have the journal in my, my desk here to remind me of that moment. And that moment has been what I've been feeling on, to bring every dad home. And what I've also realized, it's kind of crazy to look back. I was bringing myself home. The podcast was about helping other dads. You don't realize, I mean, I'm positive this podcast for you is therapy for listeners, but then also your own life. Like there's no way the conversations that you listen to don't impact your life and help you lead yourself better. And that's what the podcast did for me. And it helped save my life even when I did lose my job because I had something to look forward to. I had been podcasting for over a year. I was an IT and marketing guy before my career did end. So it was in a completely different category of what I really truly felt like I'd wake up for. And so once everything changed, like there was a question I think I learned like maybe three years ago, and it's the optimist view to everything in life. So, and I always give it to a guy that's lost his job because that's what they need to hear. They need to be optimistic about what's going forward. And here's the crazy part. Set yourself up in your head to the worst scenario that you've ever had. You've maybe lost your job, maybe something terrible has happened and you don't know what to do. You have to realize that while you did have a job, everything you ever wanted in your life was an obvious no. 
because I have this job. I invest eight hours of every day in my life into this job. That crazy thing that I've always wanted to do has been no. What you need to realize is when your life gets exploded like that, every possibility is possible. And so you really have to ask yourself when something tragically happens to yourself, what does this make possible? Because in that moment, everything is possible. There's no excuse that you could literally say, well, you know what? We don't have a job anymore. We're going to move to Idaho. That could be a possibility that you've talked about, but never could because you had a job. The job was gone. That gets me excited. And that was the mindset that I used almost immediately after losing my job. I started talking to people, just getting outside my head and started getting exactly where I was getting clear on what that was. And I figured out what was possible. And I was like, I'm going to do this and keep chipping away at it because this is where I want to go. Man, that's so good. There was a couple of gold moments in that. Number one is that, man, that's so much truth when you say, like when you lose something, you could definitely go like, oh man, now my world's ending. Poor me, right? Or you could say like, fuck that. I just had this thing that happened and now I have all this opportunity. I mean, I can't tell you when I started getting introduced to the world of entrepreneurship and started surrounding myself with people who are entrepreneurs and people who were striving for greatness, there's a couple of things I learned. Number one is there is plenty of money in the world available. Money is energy and energy is abundant if you start to look for it. And number two, you can do anything. Like you said, you can move somewhere. You could, there are so many pivotal moments you can have. There's so much opportunity available to you if you just open your eyes and start to look, right? Like so many people think that it's just not there, but that's just not the truth. It is endless. There is endless opportunity available to us. What we don't recognize and what most like veterans and most men and people suck at this is we get insular to our thoughts and our own bubble. And I think a good example is this. I I visited a couple of years ago, Manhattan Island. And I visited with a friend who lives in Manhattan. And I remember asking him, like, are there people that have lived on this island and never left? And he's like, yeah. And it just, I even went to the projects as part of the project that I was there for. And I was just witnessing the poverty and the people around me of the sadness that can be the projects. And I'm just thinking, like, you could get in a car and go four hours in any direction and have a life-changing experience. And that's the truth when bad shit happens. Even if you were in this shit, literally, you could probably get in a car and go four hours in a different place and uproot everything. And you're, you could feel like you've just completely changed your entire view of how you see the world. And the part that I really learned in this podcast, and I appreciate the advice because it came from a Navy SEAL, and he, this is how he leads his kids, is he really wants them to have a wider view of the American dream. And we have such an insular view of the American dream. We have 12 years of school. We have it pre-programmed. Every kid has the same programming. We all have the same view. And it's all boring and mediocre. We don't get excited. We don't dream. We don't even see possibilities. We accept everything in front of us as face value. I mean, there's 350 million people in this country. And to assume that you can't find one of those people to help change your life, like, that's just, and I've had that thought in my head. Like, I was just having it earlier today. I was like, God, it feels like none of my Facebook friends would ever want to buy what I'm going to get ready to launch. And then I'm like, I have 2,000 fucking Facebook friends. That's the most stupid thing I've said all day. There's no way one of those friends doesn't need what I'm about ready to launch. Like your brain comes up with such excuses to stay the same because your ego sees lions and tigers and bears everywhere around you. And it wants you to feel warm and comfy in what you're living. But that doesn't do anything for getting excited, living a thriving life, feeling connected and alive when you come through that door to your family. Because if you walk through that door and you feel dead inside, that's not a way to live and your kids are going to know it. And the best chance you have as dad is influence your kids and what you do on this earth matters, but what you leave behind is 10 times more important. You can't do that if you feel dead on the inside. 
That's right. That's that bitch voice that I, I, I Andy Frizzella talks about that. The bitch voice. Oh yeah, like, I love Andy Frizzella. Yeah, that that bitch voice, man. Sometimes that thing just really pipes up real loud, and you got to stuff that thing down and really. You got going an all out bo- boxing match. Like I just talk about. Oh it, like, man, I want to punch that fucker in the face. No shit, man. I have days where I'm just like. Oh, I got to really fight to fight through that. I mean, I've had days where I'd like, you know, like right now I'm maneuvering through some work stuff, but some really weird shit happen. And I had days where I just laid in bed. Right. And I had to fight to get out of bed. Uh, I had to fight to move forward. And that was that bitch voice fighting me real hard. And, you know, it is what it is. When sometimes you're going to have to fight just to get out of bed. You're going to have to fight just to do one thing, right? Like there are days that are hard as fuck. They, they just are. I'll, I'll even go right where you're, I'll be like super vulnerable on the podcast. So every day since January 27th, every day I wake up and it feels like January, I feel like my own groundhog day. Every day it feels like January 28th. The entire weight of the world is on my shoulders. The entire weight that says, just give up, just go back to being normal. The fight is not worth it. Every day that voice is inside my head. I had an example, maybe like two weeks ago, I was working on the coaching program. I felt I was on fire the night before, before going to bed. I was like, God, the words were just flying out of my fingers. I was like, this is so exciting. I can feel the energy. And I'm like, tomorrow, I'm just going to wake up and it's going to be fucking awesome. Well, my ego and my brain had different ideas because it was going to, it was already scheming, sabotage me. I woke up in the middle of the night with two like world ending nightmares. Like imagine COVID, but like apocalyptic type stuff, nightmares. I never have nightmares like that. My brain was throwing everything but the kitchen sink at me to try to fear me back into like letting go of this idea. And it was all every day I have an all out battle with myself in the morning. And you just have to get almost comfortable with that. And just like, it's just routine, like, boom, knock it out once. And then it's down. And then you, I live my day throughout the rest. And it's perfect. But every morning it's like reliving January 28th and you just have to recognize it, acknowledge it. And don't lie to yourself that it's not there. Cause when you start lying to it, you start suppressing that feeling and then it's going to give you a one, two punch and you're the one that's going to get knocked out. And usually your wife may be a casualty because you start yelling at her, or your kids are going to be a casualty because it's going to explode on them. So you need to still make your acknowledging what's going on and feeling it, but getting very comfortable that this is just a part of the growth. And I feel it more and more as this gets ready that I'm on some the big, the biggest moment probably in the last five years for me where everything has been culminating to this one point. And my ego knows it and it's really trying to go back to normal. But I'm so excited for getting to the other side and being like, peace out, motherfucker. I'm going. I love that, man. And there's something that you mentioned kind of a little bit back in the conversation was, is that you have to get clear in what you want. And so I'm just going to go out on a limb, but my, my guess is, is that because you have gotten clear on what you want, that you have been able to suppress the bitch voice. You have been able to suppress that every morning you wake up, you've been able to suppress that because you know what you want and where you're headed. Would you say that that's a big reason? And that's, what's given you the ability to push through that. Absolutely. So in the early days, so even when I did have a job, this was even a bigger fight because I was living the normal life every day. And I was doing a lot. I mean, for all of last year, I woke up at 5 a.m. to go to Starbucks on Saturday and Sunday and work from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. on the podcast. And that was the main reason my podcast survived is because I was working on a Saturday and Sunday morning instead of sleeping in. I remember fighting it many times. I could just stay in and just like, I, w- I was probably, I think I remember a stretch like six months. I hadn't slept in on the weekends. I was, I got to get the, I got to get that. Otherwise the podcast is going to get published. And that clarity gets you exactly where you want to go because it gets you excited and it gets you something. It's almost like what you get excited to fight for. 
And I remember early on, I got excited for the idea of freedom. Like that was the first thing that got me excited. Imagine this world where you could have time, location, and money freedom that you're not held down to this idea. Even before I found Dave Ramsey, like in 2014, I felt a slave to money. The debt was just this person that moves in your basement and it's never going to leave out. The Sally May is just on your, your bank line forever. And getting his attention and understanding what those principles are completely changed. It got me excited for what was possible. And it really, you just got to get clear. And the most important part, this is the part where clarity, it may, you may have heard what I just said, you're like, oh man, I got to get clear. How the hell do I do that? Because it's not something instinctive. I've really learned this, that I'm kind of a, an odd person in this case, because I just have extreme curiosity. I'm almost drunk on it. So I'm always asking questions, but most people aren't like that. So the best way to get clear on something is to continue to exercise whatever you're thinking. What I mean by that is in a conversation, like every time I do a podcast interview, I'm exercising a thought or version or vision, whatever it may be. What I've learned and what I wish someone would have told me on August 10th, 2003, when I got out of the Marine Corps, was that the amount of opportunity that I feel I have in life, it's directly proportional to the amount of people that I talk to. Because every time I talk to someone, I say something that maybe clicks with them and they reflect it back, like and they put two dots together that I couldn't and be like, oh, I just got another piece of my, my vision. You can't do that inside your head because inside your head, the world's going to end. Inside your head, it just wants you to feel safe. It wants you to stay in bed under those covers where it's nice and warm and you're going to stay alive. So your brain's very hard and difficult at putting thoughts together. It's even why I remember blogging the very beginning. Like that in itself helped me put thoughts together in words. The more times you put your words together and exercise those thoughts, you get clearer and clearer because inside your head, people come to rational conclusions that their family is better without them and that they're a burden. That's a very rational thought that people have in their head. The moment you verbalize it, your brain can even say like, well, that's a stupid fucking thought. Why would you say that? But inside your head, it's so rational. So getting it outside your head, speaking it over and over to new people, exposing yourself to different views, the best way to get a wider view of the American dream, one, start a podcast and start asking that question because you'd get a lot of answers. And second, just talk to as many people as you can because on the other side of the hello is everything that you've always wanted in your life but you never knew because you were too afraid to sell hello. Absolutely, man. I couldn't agree with you more. And we're having this conversation because we both have podcasts. It's so amazing when you have a podcast, the access to people that you would not normally have access to as they start to pour in. It's crazy to me that some of the high-level operating people I've gotten a chance to talk to that I am really getting gold from when I'm talking to them. So if you want to get some gold from some people, start a podcast. Um, I, have, because- I love that advice. If, if, especially if you want to learn something. Like if you want to be the expert in something, just interview the experts and start a podcast because most people will say yes unless they're like a super influential person. Everybody right. will say yes to a podcast. And then by you sitting there listening to all the conversations, you become an expert. And it's the best free education that you can get. And it gets you excited, gets you connections. It's dividends are far better than a college education because you're going to learn how to use, learn how to do something in college, but you're not going to know how to implement it. And you're not going to know the people that can help you. And a podcast gives you the knowledge and the people that can help you. Absolutely. And you may not be able to talk to those people right now, but I can guarantee you as you level up and as you start to build yourself and build your brand, you do start to get those chances to talk to people that you would normally would not get a chance to like it as you level up. 
you will get those people that you didn't think you will get. Like I've had some people already that I was like, I would have never, if you'd have told me six months ago that I'd be talking to these people on my podcast and I told you you were crazy, said no way. So it, it happens. It's it's super interesting. Even just punching the imposter syndrome in the face, like podcasting is very good because every time you hit publish, there's a punch in the face of the imposter syndrome that you're not that guy. And Absolutely. I, I like to see limiting beliefs as like a rubber band. That as long as you keep stretching that limiting relief, it eventually breaks. You just need to keep stretching it and eventually it keeps getting worn out and eventually it just snaps. And next thing you know, it's gone. Absolutely. You know, you, st- you brought up something talking about that really reminded me of uh, something that one of my coaches had told me is that your thought of what people think about you. And he had said, you are not who you think you are. You are not who someone else thinks you are. You are who you think that everyone else thinks you are. Because so often we get caught up in this thought process of thinking what people think we are and who we are. And he said that and I was like, mind blown, right? Because what you are thinking somebody thinks you are is probably not the truth. No, and right. it's based on some bullshit story that probably happened in high school or elementary school where you were beaten up on the playground. Now that's the case for me. Like I saw myself as limiting as in sophomore year of baseball, I played two innings of that year. And that year solidified limiting beliefs that everybody else gets to play in the field except me. And I didn't realize that was even running on autopilot until March of this year because I had dreamed about playing baseball. I had trained it like playing baseball, but I never got on the field because everybody else gets on the field. Everybody else can have what they want in life except me. And it's those just internal stories that you assume everybody else thinks that about you, that you're the guy that always sits on the bench. It's just how you see yourself and your, how you see yourself is based on how your life has unfolded up to that point. And it's not a reflection of who you are. It's just made up of who you are and you can change how you see yourself in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Ben, talk to me. Like I am super inspired by somebody who is a stay at home dad, because number one, I don't feel like I could do it, man. Like I would lose my mind. I love my kids, but to spend every day with them all the time. I don't know if I could do it. So tell me a little bit, like, I mean, cause you had this trip where your wife left for China and you kind of had a glimpse of it when you said like the first five days and you had like this transition. So just talk to me a little bit about what that looks like, what it looks like to be a stay at home dad, what that looks like for you, because you're not just a stay at home dad, right? Your podcast yeah, is just the label I prefer because it, it's almost a very provocative label because most people have never heard of it. And when I go to the gas station and people tell me like, oh, you're doing really good with the kids. I'm like, yeah, I'm a stay-at-home dad. So like, this is kind of my job to figure it out. And people get really weirded out because they're not used to it. So I love the label because it just throws it in their face. of like, you don't have to assume that just because I'm a dad that I don't have to take care of my kids. And it actually right. started for me when I, the year, like the spring prior, I somehow thought it was a good idea to put a bird in my wife's ear. Like, hey, why don't you go to Florida with your friends from school and just have some time away? And I was like, it seemed like a good idea. And then as I thought through it, I was like, that's going to be on me. And so that trip was four days. So that was the weekend plus two days. And I think it was either tied to spring break or maybe the kids were in school too, but I didn't take off any time from work. It was just a weekend and work. And I got through it. I don't remember it being too devastating. Like it was a short enough trip that I could probably just let a few things slide and my wife would help pick it up when she got back. But then fast forward, like in May, she comes home and she says like, they're asking me if I want to go to China for a, kind of a teaching swap of how to teach kids. And I was like, well, I don't want to say no, because this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I said yes. And then I was like, okay, well, that just means that it's all on me. But after as I started sitting and then I'm like, how am I going to survive this? And instinctively, I was lucky enough that I had quite a bit of vacation for where I work. 
And so I just took off vacation. I was like, this is my insurance policy that no matter what happens, I get through. Because if I don't have anything to work at work to deal with, I can survive. I mean, it, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hell. But it's really when you're balancing work and doing all that stuff, like when you're in a single mom that you're providing for your family, doing a job, like that's when you're, you might as well be on the front lines without a flak jacket in that case. So I had a right. flak jacket in this case. <laughs> and also the kids were in summer school. So we had a lap routine kind of in the morning, but she left on a Friday. And I would say I was, I woke up with a hangover, even though I wasn't drinking every morning, probably till Wednesday from just the exhaustion. Like one of the biggest things that men don't realize that really burns out their wives is the decision-making. And I learned that hands down that I would issue a punishment at 12 o'clock and I would forget about it at three. I would forget about pulling out something for dinner at three o'clock. I was like, damn, I really should have pulled something out at nine. And then I was scrambling. And then I was trying to do different things. I was trying to be this cool dad that had all these big ideas. And I remember blogging about it on my Facebook and being very vulnerable about the highs and the lows. And a lot of the moms were getting good jokes and laughs out of it because I was just sharing all my highs and lows at the same time. But by the end of the week, like I was hitting my stride. I felt like I was in the rhythm and my wife came home and then I had to go back to work. And I almost had like a two month hangover when I went back to work because all I wanted was to be dad. Like those 10 days, like transformed me in a way that I wasn't prepared for. And so I had to sit with that feeling for, I mean, that was last summer in June. I didn't lose my job till January. This entire time, I'm thinking in my head, I just want to be dad. Nothing here is more valuable than my time being a dad. I didn't really thought of the consequences of the actual doing of it. I just knew the emotional feeling. I just want to be dad. And so then losing my job, I was like, this is it. This is my chance to be a stay-at-home dad. I'm going to balance everything. And Valentine's Day was my last day in the office. And between that day and when COVID hit, every day was kind of an iteration of, of health, kind of, because... I had to get my daughter to daycare. I had to get the kids in the bus. I had to get the moment going. I had to work on my stuff, try to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with my life because everything else is on me as well. So like there's huge pressure. And every day I was just kind of reiterating. I was like, okay, that sucked. I'm going to throw that out. And it's a very much an iteration process like parenting. Like it's just more in the thick of it when you're doing it on your own and realizing you're capable of it. You can get the friends that if you need to ask questions and just being humble with yourself that like it's going to suck. and but the emotional part, like when you have those little magic moments with like playing Legos or something, you're like, oh man, this is so worth it. And it was crazy because the week prior to COVID and lockdowns kicking in, I had crushed the entire week. I was like, I got this. Daycare drop-offs were perfect. Podcast work was getting done. I was exploring my speaking opportunities. And I was like, this is going to be, I got, I can do this. There's nothing that's going to stop me. Boom, COVID hits. And I was like, oh man. And so then the kids come home, which made it even better a little bit because I got to educate them a little bit throughout the spring. I got to support my wife. So we just kind of deepened it a little bit. I, I was more of the guy keeping all the house going while my wife was trying to figure out what virtual learning was like for her. And so that kind of gave me the pressure test of trying to do it. And then summer kicks in and my wife's home during the summer. So we were kind of balancing back and forth, doing a lot of different things. And it's just crazy how it's just a time iteration process because we went to a state park up in Wisconsin in the beginning of June. And there was, it was my neighbor that asked me, he's actually a firefighter. And he asked me like the same day. And I'm like, I'm not a guy that just says yes to random shit going up to a state park and going swimming. And I'm like, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I don't have a job. There's ever a time in my life that I can just say yes and say, fuck it. This is that time. So I just kind of said, yeah, I'm going to starve a bunch of fear. We drive an hour and a half north. My daughter almost pukes in the car on the way up there from getting car sick. And it was a great day, but it was kind of nerve wracking. I repeated that exact same trip by myself without my wife because she was in school already. And at the end of August, 
and it was their most amazing trip. We had what I, now we call as dad days is adventure days where we just throw a bunch of shit in the car and we don't know where we're going. I kind of have an idea, but the kids think we're completely mysteriously going somewhere and they absolutely love it. And it's just been something that I had to like step into and lean into the chaos. And that's the part that men suck at is letting go of the control. And anytime I've let go of a predetermined condition of how the parenting should look that day, that's when the magic happens. So again, it's a reiteration process that as long as you believe in the vision and the clarity where you want to go, the work will unfold and yourself will be revealed in that pressure. And the part that men don't understand about pressure is that the only difference between carbon and a diamond is the pressure. That the pressure actually reveals the inner beauty. But most men hide from that pressure. We don't do the hard things. Like Andy Versell is always telling you to do the fucking hard things. He created 75 hard to do the hard things. Yep. That pressure is what creates a better man. And being a stay-at-home dad, there's no more pressure you can get on your life to really figure out what you're made of, to figure out where you suck, because your kids are going to push all those buttons and you just dive deeper into it every single day. But I can tell you that I've had some of the best days of my life, dad life in the last year than I have in my entire eight years of having kids because I've been forcing myself to do ask bigger questions of myself and do bigger things. Like those adventure days, those were so, like my first one we did. My wife had a bunch of teacher friends over and I had to leave the house. That was the only objective. And I was like, I have no idea where the frick I'm going to go. It was like 10 o'clock the day we were supposed to leave. And I was like, I have no idea where we're going to go. So I just threw a bunch of shit in the car. I picked, we did pet subway, we did local subway at a park here. And then I was like, I know where we're going to go. I just located an ice cream shop in New Glarus, Wisconsin, which is about an hour and a half away. And there was a state park a little bit further. I was like, maybe we'll just go fishing there. That was my half-ass idea. I locate the ice cream shop. We have ice cream. Right next door is the city pool for New Glarus. And I was like, oh, that's kind of a coincidence. We have swim trunks. I planned for that coincidence in case we needed some. So I was like, looked them up. They had a spot to get in. And I was like, okay, that's yeah, 30 minutes. We'll be fine. We go there, we swim, we get a pizza in town. We have a pizza in the park. The kids play next door at the park swimming pool. There's a nice park. We drive back at 730. The sun's setting behind me. The kids are all watching a movie on the iPad. And I was just in bliss. Like I was like, this is as good as my dad life could get because I was just free to experience love that is kids without any ability to have any control over it and just go with the way that it was supposed to. Like that day, in New Glarus will always be in my memory because it was really the first dad adventure day that the kids now get super excited for. And those days next year are already going to be better and bigger and I'm going to love them even more. That's a really long answer, but that's kind of how no, excited I, I get about being a stay at home dad because it does fuel me and it gets me more excited every single day. Yeah, no, I love it. I love the, just the passion you have behind it because I know at being a dad, you know, and being a firefighter. And so I completely understand that whole thing of like coming home and not being present. And, you know, I had like a, if I've had a bad 48 hour shift and all my kids want is to have dad home and I just want to be dad too. And so often we get caught up um, and we don't allow ourselves to just be dad, right? Like I get so caught up in being stuck in work shit and all the stuff that's going on that I forget to be dad. So I love the fact that you're able to just lean into that. In fact, the other day I actually did a podcast with my son because he knows all the things I'm doing. He's, he's nine now. And so he understands all this stuff that's going on. And I actually did just a quick 12 minute podcast with him. And I just was reminded how much gold your kids have to offer you. Uh, it was such a great thing I did because when you just take the time to 
really lean into being with your children and listening to them and understanding who they are and what they want and the stuff that's going on with them, you are going to get so many gems out of it. I know that every time I take the time to spend time with my kids, I get so much gold from them and I reflect back on the things that I'm doing. And I look and I go, hey, these are the things I'm doing good, obviously, because they're getting these good things from me. These are the things I'm probably not doing great at because I can see them doing the same things that I'm doing, right? Like one of the things is my foul mouth and my son is, I got, he gets mad and he cusses in his room. And obviously that's a direct reflection of me, right? And, and the so, amount of control that you were able to, like even just talking about the leadership over yourself, self-leadership is something that's huge, but most people don't talk about. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such a man, spending time with your kids is so important. Uh, and that's why I appreciate what you're doing so much. Um, and just listening to some of your podcasts and just, you know, really understanding what your goal is and what you're after, man, there's not a lot of people talking about this and it's so easy as a dad to think that I need to provide, I need to provide, I need to make the money. It's so easy just to blend in. I mean, right. no one's going to call you out in general of 20. Most dads won't call each other out. No. I mean, right. how many firefighters would call each other out? Not, not a, nobody. Now, I mean, even if, even when you're in a, this is the problem with the military, even when you're in a brotherhood where you have each other back, there isn't that intimacy to be able to talk about what really fucking matters. Yep. And I've always said, if I was ever a commanding officer in a different life, the very first speech I would ever give to my company would be, and even if I was ever a CEO, I would do the same thing. I would share my worst dad moment right off the gate because I would want them to know one, it's safe to be a dad. It's safe to talk about when you're having struggles being a dad and that we're all human. And this is what freaking matters. Like what we do at work is important, but if we're not dealing with what's at home, nothing that we do here ever is comparison to that. And the crazy ironic part of what you talked about there of when you just get to spend time with your kids, when you surrender your ego, when you step into the feelings that you maybe aren't feeling that your kids trigger and make you feel very uncomfortable and you actually pull back. If you lean in, you lean into that feeling of, and the love that your kids can bring you, they are the door for you to come home emotionally. Your kids are going to be that vehicle. They're going to reflect back the best parts of you. And you're going to be able to see something and feel something that you probably haven't felt in a long, long time. And the simplest advice, so if you've been listening to this and you're maybe asking a hard question to yourself, like, where do I begin? Because what Ben's saying is really resonating. The most fundamental rule of how to love your kids is remembering how they spell love, which is T-I-M-E. You can change your entire kid's day by giving him 10 minutes of train time or Lego time or my four-year-old. Like even today, she wanted to go outside and roll the ball on the sidewalk, which is literally, I'm sitting down, she's sitting down, and we roll it back between our legs for 10 minutes. She is like a kid in a candy store. What you have to realize is anytime you show up, you are a hero. The soup, you, you might as well be someone out of Hollywood that just landed in their front yard. And you are that person every time you come home to them. And so it's not hard. We just overcomplicate it and put all these shoulds on it when it doesn't have to be. It can literally be something as simple as rolling a ball around on the ground. And you can change how your, your kids see the world and, their, and see you for the rest of the day. Man, that's so much truth. So often... You get caught up in the idea that when your kids ask you for, for that, for the time, they're not like, when we think time as adults, we think like, oh shit, it's going to be this hour meeting. Oh, they want right? to go to a because, water park or something. It's going to cost right. a thousand bucks. Right. Like it's going to cost money. It's going to take hours. And I have often, I'm trying to get better about this is that when I just give my son, for example, 
he wants to throw the ball. It doesn't matter if it's a football, a baseball, like just a ball. It doesn't matter. He just wants to throw a ball with me. And so if I take that 10 minutes to throw the ball, he goes, okay, thanks, Dad. I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. And he's good. Like that's all they want, right? And then when you do that, you're like, oh, shit, maybe I want to spend more than just the 10 minutes because then you start to realize how much you enjoy that time with your kids. And don't forget, it is limited. Like they are going to grow up. You only up. get 18 summers with your kids and then they're gone. If, if that. very small. If that, because when they get that 13, 14, 15, they're going to be Wait, like, you're no longer the guy. To hang I, out I don't, I don't want to hang out with you guys anymore. Cause you're lame. You're not fun to be around. So don't miss out on that time. And there's something when you talked about the time that I've used within like trying to figure out why my kids behavior might be all over the place. Generally their behavior negative in the category is a direct reflection of the time investment that if they're, because a lot of times they don't know how to express what they need. And when they're, trying to get attention. Like that's just the only language they know to get your attention, but really they just want your 10 minutes. Man. So much truth in that. I love that. I love that, man. I Ben, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your, uh, your nuggets of knowledge here. Uh, the goal that you're bringing, how can people find you? Uh, how can people find what you're doing and where you're at? Well, the podcast is at militaryveterandad.com. We're on pretty much all the podcast players. Like I said, we're getting ready to launch episode 98. I've also launched something called Fatherhood Friday, which is just me on the microphone sharing, which is something you referenced a couple of times by some of those stories, which is sharing some anecdotes in my life, some trials, some truth that I've spoken. And I can't tell you how much clarity those Fatherhood Fridays have brought into my life because sometimes I'm talking to the microphone, I'm talking to listeners, but I'm really talking to myself. I'm really learning how to lead myself with different language. And so anything related to the podcast is at militaryveterandad.com. If you're interested and you're not a dad, it doesn't really matter. And if you're interested, if you feel successful at work and you feel like a doormat when you walk through the door, head over to bencoloy.com. That's where the coaching program is going to be housed. There's a free coaching call waiting for you there. I'd love to dive in, figure out what's holding you back and get you to have that more connection and connect with your wife and your kids. Because when one of those is out of alignment, the whole thing starts falling down. And you can't serve the people in your life the best if you don't feel connected to what really matters, which is your family. Love that, Ben, man. I, I can just tell you're going to kill it, man. I just love the wisdom that you have. Uh, if you're listening right now, this is the type of guy that you want to reach out to because if you're looking to level up and to get better and to really get moving forward in life, these are the type of individuals you want to reach out to because people who have experienced the things and have gone through the things, those are the ones that you want coaching you and helping you. And it is worth the money to get coaches. Trust me. It makes life go so much quicker and easier if you do. I have several coaches, probably too many coaches at times. So reach out to Ben. Ben, I really appreciate you. I'm so grateful that you stopped on the podcast today. And I look forward to seeing where our relationship will go in the future. Me too. And my philosophy with everything in life, and this is, needs to be your philosophy, is you need to remember a barrel of monkeys. You should always have one hand up to the person ahead of you that can help get you to the next level. But always have one hand down because there's always a brother behind you that could potentially fall into that pit that needs to know that this is the way forward and probably feels like he's in the dark. And that was myself, that there was this cloud of almost halo as I was climbing the mountain. And it took a hand coming down out of those clouds and saying like, hey, come with me, I've got this. And I forgot one more thing that if you are a dad and you struggle to connect with people, if you struggle to have friends in your life, because friends is something that transformed my life completely, got me to where I am today. At freedadcourse.com, there's also a five lesson, 10 minute audio course on how to have more friends in your life. Because when you feel connected to just other people in general, you feel you're so much more capable and 
friends with a mirror of the value that you can't see yourself. Absolutely. Ben, I hope you have a great night. I really appreciate you, brother. Thank you for your time, Nick, and inviting me on the podcast. I had a great time. Yeah, me too, man. We'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Building Grit, one call at a time. Everyone faces challenges, and we talk to people who use grit to be triumphant. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show, and we hope you had some fun along the way. We know we did. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with Nick on Facebook at Nick Wingo and on Instagram at building underscore grit. And remember, victory is always possible for the person who refuses to stop fighting. This is Building Grit One Call at a Time, signing off.